This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the O-Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. He's back and he's displaying his non-stop commitment to pets and blessed with strong typing fingers. He just finished a new pair of pet books. Yeah, I'm talking not one, but two. Please join me in giving pause and applause to veterinarian, best-selling author, and the president of the San Diego Humane Society, my friend, Dr. Gary Weissman. Hey, glad to have you back on the show, Dr. Gary. Oh, Arden, it's always great to talk to you. I miss you out here. I miss you too. Yeah. Hey, folks, I used to live in Oceanside, California, and that's one of or one of the locations of the San Diego Humane Society centers are. And from the top of the hill where my house was, I could actually look down in the valley and see the shelter and sort of wave to Dr. Gary. <laughs> we did. I think there were a few events we had we got you down for, too. Oh, Remember yeah. the, the oh, pit yeah, bull yeah. beauty contest we did one, one year? Yeah, that's on my <laughs> resume. I'm a pit bull beautiful beauty contest judge. Yeah, uh, yeah. I it. it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, Dr. Weissman is here because with his strong typing fingers and commitment to dogs and cats, He's produced another pair of books for National Geographic Kids. The first one's called Pounce, a how-to speak cat training guide. And the second one, woof, 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 Fetch, a how-to speak dog training guide. And uh, just so how well do you guys speak meow or woof? We're going to find out after we take this commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. Oh, behave, we'll be right back. Pause up, everyone. I'm Arden Moore, host of the O Behave Show. Now, if you have cats like me, you know that nothing smells worse than a wet litter box. Well, except maybe your stinky, sweaty workout clothes. Pew! To both, right? Luckily, Arm and Hammer has a solution. New Absorb X cat litter made with desert dry minerals. It absorbs wetness in seconds, taking that wet, stinky odor out of the picture. It's lightweight and 100% dust-free. Yay! Just go to armandhammer.com slash bounty and get $4 off your box of quick-absorbing Absorb X. And have a nice dry day for you and your cats. And, and don't forget to pop your stinky workout clothes in the wash. New Absorb X from Arm & Hammer. More power to you. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
Obehave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Obehave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Yep, I have a little bit of a Stevie Nick voice, but we'll get it through. I wanted to let you know, I am so delighted to have back on our show, Dr. Gary Weissman. He wears a lot of collars in the pet world. He's the CEO and president of the San Diego Humane Society. He also is a best-selling author. Let's see what else. Oh, duh. He went to some little school obscure named Tufts University Coming School of Veterinary Medicine, became a veterinarian. And you know what? He's a really good dude. So, Dr. Gary, thank you again for being back on the show. Oh, Arden, it's always fun to talk to you. I'm, I'm glad to be welcome um, to be invited back. I'm, I've, <laughs> <laughs> that's very good of you. Well, I miss you because I now live deep in the heart of Dallas. I uh, moved for family reasons, but I loved getting to know you when I was there in the San Diego area. Yep. And you are rocking it there for pets. And as an aside, everybody, we have a connection. One of the pets I adopted, I don't call them rescues. I call them shelter alums was an orange tabby from the San Diego Humane Society. He is Casey, of course, pet safety cat Casey. And just want to let you know, Dr. Gary, he has now become a certified therapy pet. He travels with me to national conferences. He also assists me and my dog Kona in veterinary approved hands-on veterinary classes, Zoom and when we could in person. And he has his own pet trading cards, and he's in a book that I wrote called A Kid's Guide to Cats. So look what happens, folks. We get a cat like that from the San Diego Humane Society. And what do you think of that? He's a busy little guy. <laughs> I don't know. Did he sign waivers for everything? Yeah, yeah. It's okay, his, okay. Yeah. And he also wears a cowboy hat now, rides a pet stroller, does all bunch of tricks like you're going to tell us about your book from Pounce. And I just think he's living a full, enriched life. And it's because of people like you that um, really get the team trained at the shelter and help people like me have an amazing four-legged friend. I call him my BFF. He's my best feline friend. So yeah. because we kind of went to the meow side, let's get going on this. The latest book, I think you're now up to eight books now for National Geographic. Something like that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I've lost weird. track. <laughs> Are you doing like finger calisthenics every morning? Oh, I'm a, I can't even believe, and, and you've written books too, Arden, and I can't, can you remember, I don't remember, and neither do you, but can you imagine the old days where they did it with a pen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be something else. <laughs> yeah, thank heavens for laptops. You can take them anywhere and keep doing it on vacation and on weekends, and thank heavens for a laptop. Well, I think you have a nice connection with National Geographic kids. And, you know, we're talking about our next generation. And so let's, let's go right into this book, Pounce, a how to speak cat training guide. I know it's, it's aimed at kids, but there's a lot of kid in us that could really benefit from this book, all ages, right? Yeah, I think so. You know, that's what National Geographic does. I've had a couple books, probably about four maybe four or five of them have been with the National Geographic Kids Division. But, you know, they're, 
if I picked them up, I would not be, I would not say they were for kids. They are for kids, but an adult can absorb them just as well. And especially when it comes to something that we need the basics on training and, and really understanding our animals. These are really for all ages, but they're definitely a good idea right now with people needing content for their children at home to, oh, to use it yeah. as a teaching guide. You know, it's, it's reading, it's teaching, it's, it's, uh, there's active labs, you know, it's <laughs> training your animals it's a uh, you know we didn't expect covid to happen um you know when writing these books but it's a good tool to have for teaching at home i i totally agree guys and the way it's designed it's really a nice layout good popping photos i want to go right to the back of the book because i think it's pretty fun and we can maybe if you have do you have the book in front of you I oh i do know. i do yeah so if uh one will tease the the listeners but uh, there's a quiz in both this book and the dog book called Fetch on page 168. I love this. What kind of cat are you? Oh, so yeah. um, we're going to be talking about this. And you've got a choice based on uh, eight questions. The yeah, Maine Coon, Abyssinian, Siamese, Burmese, or Ragdoll. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious. It says pick a hobby, number three. Traveling, soccer, reading, gymnastics, napping. Okay, Dr. Gary, what would you be? What would your answer be on that? Well, it's something that none of us can do right now, traveling. <laughs> That's the hard thing. <laughs> All right. And then the other one, uh, what's your favorite color? Green, red, blue, orange, pink. Yeah, I'm gonna go with blue. Okay. So just having fun. Would you be a Maine Coon, Abyssinian, Siamese, Burmese, or Ragdoll if you came back as a cat in your next life? I think I'd be an Abyssinian. Ooh, so tell us why. Well, they are getting into trouble all the time, <laughs> right? We all know that. They're a very loyal cat, and I and that's a, a characteristic I think that's important for all of us. Yes. And um, they're also adventurous, so I think it's a cool cat. I think we would be Abbeys together, don't you? Think? Ah, okay, I think so. That you yeah, know what? Absolutely. Ra- I don't nothing against them, but I don't think either one of us has the personality as a, of a rag doll. No, possibly not. <laughs> possibly <laughs> not. <laughs> Wait, they're sweet dogs. They're sweet oh, dogs. No, they're they sweet cats. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> they're, the, they're the ones that like to be in a library. Shh. That's yes. Library. Shh. True. That is true. They're like, pump up the volume. Pump up the volume. Yeah. Yeah. They'd be doing dance moves in the library. That is true. Yep. <laughs> so I know that uh, these books are timed well because in September, um, there's a couple of biggie coming up there's uh, national dog ownership month and i love this one i never heard of this one september 19th is meow like a pirate day what the heck oh heavens actually i've never heard of that one either <laughs> <laughs> okay what could that possibly mean i, I don't know but um i don't want to walk the plank with a cat i don't know we'll have to see on that one but you know let's talk about cats because they're in more homes than dogs I love the fact that at San Diego Humane Society, you guys have a whole area, a whole dedicated building for cats so they don't have to hear barking dogs. Right, right. You know, that's the biggest thing for dogs and cats to have them have as as little stress as and you know, Arden, you're you're a fear free advocate too. One of the biggest things that causes fear in animals is noise. So exactly. cats don't want to hear dogs barking and dogs don't want to hear dogs barking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was glad I adopted Casey when he was four months old from the San Diego Humane Society. He was my first orange tabby ever. Now I know that's not a pedigree, but you don't know this, but I now have a second orange tabby named Rusty. 
And he came from uh, Samantha Martin. She's a renowned animal trainer from the amazing Acrocats. So we call him Rusty the Performer. And per is the emphasis. I'm just asking you, even though they're not a breed, there's something about orange tabbies. What do you think? Yeah. They're wonderful. They're wonderful. Very. They're probably the, the uh, I don't know if you'll take this as an insult to cats or not, but they are the doggest of cats, aren't I they? Agree. Orange tabbies. Yeah. They're friendly. They want to be with people generally. They're generally always males. Have you, have you seen a female? I've seen a few females, uh, but. Just a one. And uh, it was a very, uh, I guess it was a kind of a muted orange color. It wasn't even the, Casey's got a really sharp reddish orange coat. Okay. Yep. They're wonderful cats. I always tell people, if you've never had a cat and you want to go for your first one, look for an orange tabby. That will be your best friend for 18 to 25 years. That we hope. Yeah, we hope. Now, speaking of that, in your book, Pounce, a how-to-speak cat training guide, you do have a whole section on uh, tricks and things because cats can wave. They can crawl through a tunnel. They can jump. Yeah. Um, So it's just a different way, right, about how you motivate or negotiate with a cat when it comes to uh, training time. Oh, you were so right. It is negotiate, isn't it? People people think that you can't train a cat and you can, you can train anything really. As a matter of fact, clicker training is so good in cats. It's one of the best ways to train them. And if people don't, I'm sure people listening to your show know what clicker training is, but it's it's a 79 cent piece of uh, plastic and metal that actually makes a clicking noise. And it's great to help kids with coordination. And I'll tell you, kids are way better at it than, than we adults are. They're faster. They're used to it on all their electronic devices. And clicker training works really, really well in cats. But if you want to see the superstars of clicker training, go on YouTube and look up clicker training chickens. Because oh. chickens <laughs> are the best at clicker training. But cats can do it too. And so talk a lot about, we talk a lot about using clicker training to, to train your cats. And I'm not the biggest fan of having your, your animals do tricks just for the sake of doing tricks. Right. Just for, so this is not that. This is about having them develop a bond with you and a trust that actually the trick is just the byproduct of an incredibly wonderful experience that you have with your animal. And you can definitely do it with both dogs and cats. No, I totally agree. Casey comes to a whistle, sits, touches, paws. He's a lefty. That makes him a south paw. That does. <laughs> Sorry. And he will uh, do a sachet. He doesn't spin because cats, you know, to a circle on their own time schedule. But it's so so hilarious because he just loves to be at uh, schools and hospitals when uh, pre-COVID. And I know he misses that a lot. But um, the other part of the book that I like, and this is good for kids because you have to almost uh, learn to be a pet detective. And you've got a whole section in here on reading your cat's body language in the early Mm -hmm. part of the book. They're not illustrations. They're actual photos of actual cats showing that, uh, I'm not really excited to see you or bring it on. So yes. talk about um, how pairing the photos with the, uh, the explanations is a really good thing for kids and us adults. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, one of the specialties of National Geographic, obviously, is is their photos, their layouts. Yeah. There are some illustrations in here as well, but the photos mm-hmm. say a million words better than I can write them down. But I mean, I think that's a really important point that you make because reading the, an animal's language is um, is a skill. Reading what they're saying to us is a skill. And they are so much better at it than we are. They know our moods. 
And if we pay a little bit of attention, we can easily know theirs too. And, you know, you know, with your own animals, we have a connection that we kind of know what's up. You know, whenever anybody brings an animal to a veterinarian or when, um, when I'd see an animal that might be ill, I know that that owner is going to know more than any of my blood tests can tell them about what's happening with that animal because of that connection that we have. But you do have to look at body language. And so the books do go into a, a summary of body language that followed from the How to Speak Dog book and How to Speak Cat book, which are books completely about reading the body language. But these actually, if you don't read body language on your animal, you really can't start training. So it's it's where it belongs. It's at the beginning of the book. Right. And the other thing I really like, there's a big section devoted to problem solving there's a lot of them. So we're going to pick one because we're going to go to the dog soon. But, you know, you first of all say, don't punish your cat. And going from that, let's transition why to what do you do when a cat is saying, hello, 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 a lot of uh, vocalizing, probably at 3 a.m. So yep. what, what's the take home message for that, Dr. Gary? Okay. The biggest take home message, of course, is to never punish an animal. There right. is no never any justification for doing that. And it doesn't work. It makes them more stressed and it can really backfire. So no punishment. So the second part is no punishment doesn't mean that you always reward. So for right. the circumstance that you're talking about, and we've all had that 4 a.m. Yeah. for breakfast, it's the hardest thing in the world, but you have to summon all your strength to not reward. So not rewarding is not the same as punishing. It is a form of negative reinforcement, but mm -hmm. it's not punishment. So, and you know, and Arden, you know that I'm sure you've talked about that, but that's the big key. Never punish. Sometimes don't reward though. So the cat is 4 a.m. going, is it breakfast yet? Is it breakfast yet? Is it breakfast yet? So what should a person do? I would actually say I would start being very civil. No, it's not breakfast time yet and go back to bed and not respond further. Okay. Good luck with that. <laughs> <We've all been laughs> well, Good. they always have a threshold, you know, where they will push, push, push. But if there's no push back, a cat is smart enough to know, well, that strategy didn't work. I got to go with another one. Yep. Yep. And it can be really tough because they are so persistent. And for <laughs> an animal that's not supposed to be as food motivated as their counterparts, the dogs, I'll tell you, I think they're pretty food motivated. When oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. The other part was stress. And we're going to, this will end the cat part from his book, Pounce, How to Speak Cat Training Guide by National Geographic Kids. Stress. Kitties don't go up to you and say, hey, I'm Dr. Gary Weissman. I'm kind of got a little... I got a little uh, frog in my throat today or, you know, there's a little hitch to my gitch or whatever the term is. You know, I'm not feeling all well. Kitties don't come up to you as their humans and say, this is what's going on. Can you get me to the veterinarian? Right, right. And cats the, uh, the most so do, this is a terrible sentence, do not do that. Dogs less so, but it's the same deal. Cats are hunters. And if they are not well out in the field, they're going to become prey. So they still have a lot of that wild in them. So they hold it in. They don't tell you that they're stressed. They don't tell you that they're not feeling well. But let's just talk about stress. If a cat is stressed, there are a couple of things that almost always happen. Okay. One is not eating. Okay. Another one can be throwing up. But the biggest one, the Olympics of showing you that they're stressed, is inappropriate urination. So we all knew that oh, was yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And that's when a cat will really tell you that she's stressed and it might be from a bird. She can't get at outside because she doesn't go outside or another cat that's taunting her that does go outside where she can't get, get near that cat or another cat in the house. And that's often a big, a big stress for cats, uh, too many other cats. So they really do show you that they're stressed. And most of the illnesses that happen with cats, mild illnesses, that is, can really be secondary to stress, even upper respiratory infections. Well, that's really important because, you know, catching it early is a good thing. So I guess your book is also helping kids become pet detectives. Hope so. I hope it actually stimulates kids into an incredible curiosity about their animals so that they can actually learn how to to communicate with them better than their parents can. And I include myself in the better than uh, category. I am terrible at um, training my own animals. I think I know what they're thinking. But um, I think this is a good way to start kids early to really be connected to something, something besides themselves and their electronic device. I know. I'm trying to get Casey to uh, make me a latte, but he's like, no, no, <laughs> no, good. No, there's a lot of danger in that. Aren't yeah, Don't oh, yeah, I know. That. I know. Yeah. Hey, he's called the pet safety cat, Casey. So we'll, we'll be careful with that. Okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Hey, everyone. We're speaking with Dr. Gary Weissman. He is the CEO and president of the San Diego Humane Society. Yes, he is a veterinarian. And he just came out with book number seven and eight. This one pair are called From the National Geographic Kids. It's called uh, Pounce, a how to speak cat training guide. And after this commercial break, we're going to dive into Fetch, a how to speak dog training guide. So you guys know the drill. Let's sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here. Welcome to Fall and Winter. Now, this is a great time to take your dog on a hike in the woods, maybe go on a camping trip or a road trip. But just like us, changes in weather can actually impact the skin and ears of our dogs and cats. So if you got a pet who's scratching his ears, chewing on his coat, or rolling in mud, help is here. Zymox. For inflamed and itchy paws and coats, you can use the Zymox topical spray. For itchy and irritated ear issues, you can use Zymox enzymatic ear solution. And for baths, you can treat your dog or cat to Zymox shampoo and conditioners. Now, Zymox has been your pet's safe and trusted health ally for 20 plus years. So you can pick up Zymox at your veterinary clinic, most pet specialty stores, and online. To learn more, just visit Zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X. Do it for your pet. Hey, pause up, everyone. This is Arden Moore, your host on the OB Hey Show. I am so happy to yap about a new product my dog Kona got. It's called Pet Treater. Pet Treater? What's Pet Treater? It's a gift box. And it has lots of cool things like interactive toys and all-natural treats and yummy, yummy, yummy other surprises. Kona is my terrier mix, as you guys know. I call her Ice Cream Kona. And when that box came, she was just tail wagging and grinning from ear to ear. And it isn't just for dogs. If you got a cat or other kinds of pets roaming around your house, please check out Pet Treater because they'll tailor make a box for your pet. And they take into things like, uh, does your dog or cat have any allergies? Is it a big dog or is it a little dog? 
So all it costs is a subscription starting as low as $15. And you and your cool pets will get to unbox new surprises month after month. And if you're good with the camera and you're proud of your pet, you can also connect with other animal lovers on the Pet Treater site. How easy. Just go to PetTreater.com. This is important. Use the coupon code OBEHAVE. And guess what? You're going to get 50% off the first month of your subscription. Go to PetTreater.com and use the coupon code OBEHAVE and you're going to save ka-ching! Well, that's it for me. Kona's looking at me in the Pet Treater box. She wants to dive into some of these goodies. Pause up. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, this is Ali Sweeney from Days of Our Lives and The Biggest Loser. And you're listening to Arden Moore on The Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I love this guy. Dr. Gary Weissman is our special guest today. He is a best-selling author. He is a veterinarian. He is the CEO and president of the San Diego Humane Society. I don't know if he ever sleeps, but I wanted to ask you, what's the 411 on your current uh, personal dogs, Dr. Gary? Oh, the, you met my, my two dogs. I lost my big shepherd last year, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Yeah, my Jake um, was 14, and wow. he went through a lot in his life, and I'm just um, thrilled that I had him for as long as I did. But I've still got his, his little Pitty sister. Crocker? Baby. You I've got still Pitty Crocker? Yeah, still? still yeah, still got her. She's here right at my foot right here um, on her dog bed. She's almost 13, and she's showing some signs of age, but she's doing pretty well. And I, I got I can't even imagine life without her. Here's the trick, Arden. I've got to find her a friend. And yeah. so far, she's really made it clear <laughs> that she's not interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, years ago, listeners, Dr. Gary came to the San Diego Maine Society, and he called me and said, hey, I got this gig. I want you to uh, be a celebrity judge for a beauty contest. And I'm like, well, first of all, that's not something people immediately speed dial me on, but tell us about this unique beauty contest and what the, uh, what the bennies were for this particular type of dog. Yeah, that was so, that was such a while ago up in Oceanside. And we did a couple of them. We did them in San Diego too. And it was really a PR event to let people know that pit bulls didn't have to be the big, scary dogs that sometimes they were made out to be. Now, any dog, obviously, you have to read the body language and know if it's safe. And we always want kids to ask their parents before they pet a dog. But we wanted to do a PR event for pit bulls. And so we had a pit bull beauty contest. Um, I'm not sure I would do that again. Yeah. <laughs> they all no, remember you said it was unbelievable. <laughs> oh my God, I would, I would, but it was actually a riot. It really was probably, what did we have? Like 10, 12 pit bulls yeah. that came in. They got, they got a war. Everybody won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got awards for something. <laughs> And it was, it was really nice, but you know, the beautiful thing was their people were their handlers, obviously on our, you know, dog turf runway outside at the dog park. And the people were the beautiful part too, because they loved those dogs so much. And having a pit bull myself, Betty, I do too. I would highly advocate for, for safe pit bulls in, in, in the right homes. And they're just, they're wonderful dogs. Well, speaking of that, from your book, Fetch, 
a how to speak dog training guide. Guys, it just came out. Your kids are just like going crazy at home. They need good things like fetch and pounce these books by Dr. Gary Weissman. All right. Just like we did with the cats on page 168. What kind of dog are you? So I'm going to give you a couple of uh, questions and then we're going to find out what you are. Are you a border collie, Labrador retriever, Siberian Husky? Okay. You ready, Dr. Gary? I am ready. Yep. Okay. On the weekend, you can be found solving a puzzle, playing with friends outside, even if it's cold. Yeah. I would probably be playing with friends. Okay, cool. Your best day ever would include a stop at your favorite museum, quality time with your two best friends, a bike ride with your family. Yep. I'm doing the lab thing right here. I know it. I can see the writing on the wall. All right. So I don't know if you knew this, but three years ago I got married and I told my spouse, um, I'm sorry, but you're marrying a Labrador puppy dog. Oh, so, there you go. And then I think that's important. So tell us why you think you would be a lab if you came back as a dog. Well, I actually wondered if I'd be, a, I've got such an affinity for German Shepherds. I've been cursed with a love of that breed okay. and they are so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm more of a German Shepherd, but I like being with people and there's no question labs are the dog loving dogs of the dogs. And I do like um, being outside. I like being with friends. I mean, that's so of all of those choices, I would say that's probably more accurate. I think the other one was a husky and then... The Siberian just, husky, yeah. A husky and a border collie, yeah. And a border collie, yep. Yeah. Border collies work way too hard for my taste. What about Siberian huskies? Well, they're, I'm not as loud as a Siberian husky. <laughs> oh! oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and you would be a lab too, I assume. Yes, I think I would be. I'd be okay. doing... I think we both would be doing Snoopy dances. Don't you Something think? like that. Yep, absolutely. Especially if I had my dogs with me. All right. So let's dive into Pounce because I love this. Again, very well illustrated and photographed. Really easy to navigate. You've got sections in here about uh, trick training. You've got uh, some of the things that dogs do is in jobs. But one of my favorite ones is to teach a child how a dog can do a doggy hug. I think it's on page 84. So my dog Kona does that. She's a, a terrier mix and she'll just come from behind me and drape her head right under my nap of my neck and give me a hug. Yeah, it's really amazing. I'd like to think that it's something that they would do natural, naturally, and they and and many do. But you know, here's the interesting thing: as much as we love dogs, we have to learn some ground rules right. with what yes. dogs tolerate. And dogs really don't like to be hugged. Right. And having, and I, I'm saying that as someone that I live to hug my dogs. So that's <laughs> it's a tough thing to recognize. But training them to actually to go around your neck and hug you isn't necessarily the easiest thing for them to do. So this is five steps to training them to do that. And they're, they're a blast to do. And I think everybody should try it. Well, you've got the dance, you've got a peekaboo catch. I mean, there's a lot of creative tricks in here, but it starts with listening. And I laugh because I'm learning Spanish through Duolingo and I sound Italian, but I'm trying. But a dog is just naturally multilingual because of the, they're reading your body language they're speaking, if you're English, they're speaking dog. If you have a yeah. cat house, they have to do cat. If you have a bilingual house, they're doing Spanish. I mean, holy moly. 
I know. I know. Isn't it amazing? It's yeah. absolutely amazing. We've had some at San Diego Humane, we've had some animals from around the world. We've had oh, um, dogs yeah. from China. After, uh, during the Yulin Dog Meat Festival, we partnered with other groups to bring them over. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had dogs from Korea at farms in Korea. We've had dogs from the, from Southeast Asia. And it's amazing. You know, they don't speak English and we don't speak what they speak what they heard during their whole lives. But, you know, we can communicate so easily with them. And it's all about eyes and voice modulation and hand gestures. I wish we were as good at it as they are with us. <laughs> yeah, I true. I know you've got a whole thing here about decoding your dog, reading the body language and listening. I think us uh, two-leggers can benefit by doing a little more listening. That's true. Even with each other, right? <laughs> right. I'm sorry. What did you say? I wasn't listening. No, just kidding. But the other thing is, before we wrap everything up, this is COVID time. And I know it's amazing, the power of the paw, because shelters like the San Diego Humane Society, where you are, there's a lot of adoptions and a lot of fostering. Um, I know you have a uh, virtual adoption event coming up in a few days. And I was very impressed on your Facebook for the San Diego Humane Society. You have already given out your millionth pet meal. Oh, you saw that. Yes, because I, as a reporter, I did my homework. Um, So tell us about the COVID, how that's really changed your role and the team at the San Diego Humane Society. It's changed everybody's roles at every shelter around the United States. Seriously, this is a national phenomenon that's happening. So many of us are home and our lives have changed. I think people are holding on to their pets for dear life and that's what they should be doing. That's who knew there could be a silver lining to a worldwide pandemic, but it truly is uh, the number of animals that are being relinquished has plummeted throughout the United States. And that's a good thing. And what we're all doing is trying to redirect our efforts to keeping people with their pets and and safely at home by giving them pet food and supplies and veterinary care in some cases and free vaccinations, all the things that we can do to hopefully let people keep their own animals. So it's happening everywhere in Dallas, in Philadelphia, in Boston, here in San Diego, um, all over the country. We have about a quarter of the animals, maybe a third that we would normally have. So it's really a phenomenon. And giving out pet food, that millionth meal was yesterday. Yeah. Wow. A million, a million since COVID started in April and or March, actually. And it, people need it. And we just give them food and kitty litter and supplies. And you know what, Arden? It doesn't matter about COVID. If people need this, we're a nonprofit. We're going to do this till the end of our days. Because if that simple thing can keep an animal in a home, then we've just done more than we can do in six months having that animal in the shelter. Right. And I do know at this stage, I'm in Texas and we didn't listen to the rules and things are really bad here. But in California, you're not getting big awards with blue ribbon either for (laughs) social distancing. Nope. Humans are hard to train, apparently. Yeah. But I know that people are kind of getting a little cabin fever and they're starting to want to do things like RVs or rent a a pet friendly cabin. What are some of the things that, um, any tips you can give people? If they want to socially do something with their dog, yeah, socialized. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, a well-behaved dog is welcome nearly everywhere now. 
and people really understand. I mean, I just got back from a trip up north, just a road trip. Uh, I took my dog, I took my spouse, and we went on a 300-mile trip. And we were very careful, always masked and always away from people. But we brought our dog. She was going a little bit, a little bit stir crazy too, I think. So it was a nice break and did some walking around and hiking. And what kind was, of places did you go to? What kind of places? We went to places that we did do a couple hotels and we checked them out and they were very dog friendly and had dog beds for her and all sorts of dog treats. And um, turns out she's a homebody at 13 years <laughs> old. We found, out, we found out on the road, but it was a good break. So if people have well-behaved dogs, you know, or you know, cats are a little trickier. I would say go to the section on putting a leash and collar on your cat before you start to travel with her. But dogs could use a hike and could use a safe outing somewhere. I think all of us could, you know, be careful out there and keep your mask on and keep your distance. But um, I think it can certainly be done. And we, I'll tell you, I feel like I was away for a hundred years in one week. It really helped. So were you staying in the south end of California or where did you guys go? We went up to the central coast. So um, around the wine country area of Paso Robles and San Luis Obispo and down to Santa Barbara. And it was a nice road trip, uh, six hours one way and three hours back because we were halfway there in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And uh, Betty slept the whole time in the back of the car. And you went on hikes with her and things like that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you go to a hotel, since I can't remember the last time I went to a hotel, yes, I can. It was in uh, February. How is it now? Is it, it feel like a, a ghost town or how do they in a lot? You know, not really a ghost town, but there are things that are so different. You know, you don't necessarily want to have cleaning done in your room while you're there, you know, anymore. So you just forego that. Um, but not necessarily. They all have the, all the services going. Restaurants are all outside. So, and I had not been to a restaurant until last week. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, it was different. And I'm not sure I'm going to be going to any here now that I'm back at home for a while, even outdoors. But um, it it seemed safe enough. And I always had my dog bed. I have a roll-up dog bed in the car, so I always lay it out on the ground on the sidewalk for Betty. And she's there. We order her food. (laughs) Many, many places have dog dog menus. And we really, we had a blast. But, you know, the whole... The dark cloud of it is that it's so different and it just doesn't feel normal. There's no question about that. But having my dog with me felt very normal. No, I love that. Hey, folks, we're speaking with Dr. Gary Weissman. He is a veterinarian. He is the CEO and president of the San Diego Humane Society, and he's a best-selling author. He's got two new books you got to get your paws on, both by National Geographic Kids. One is called Pounce, a how-to-speak cat training guide and fetch a how to speak dog training guide uh, any parting message you'd like to add dr gary because i love you and i'm so glad you're doing well and my orange tabby casey one hmm. of your san diego humane society alums says you're marvelous <laughs> <laughs> he is so good we miss you out here Arden, very very much so anytime you're here let's get through COVID and get back on the road and anytime you're here you got to call me honestly just all right. and for all people right. out there go support your shelter and your local rescues perfect perfect so everybody i want to give a big pause and applause to dr gary weissman our special guest today and at this time also i want to do a shout out to my producer mark winner he is the wizard of pause and guess what guys pet life radio has been on the air as a podcast a pet podcast network for 13 years we were one of the very first and now we're the largest 
So I want to give a salute to um, Mark Winter for being at the helm for all this. And guys, please check out Ardenmore.com. Every Wednesday night, I team up with the Cat Fancier Association and I host with Casey Meowie Hour because we're trying to champion all cats, pedigrees, and mutt cats. And it's on Zoom and Facebook, so go to the CFA site and you'll get more details. We're going to get you on that show, Dr. Gary, okay? That'll be great. All right. And then we'll have a fun kitty cocktail at the end. All right, guys. Until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's all behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.